no matter who you are within the story, I feel that your motivation is kind of your driving is your driving point. You know, whether it's like a slice of life drama <laughs> or if it's something as like epic as like a space opera, you know, there's a reason why you're doing something within the story that, that's being told. You are now listening to Beyond the Fourth Wall of Writing with your host, John Robinson IV. Here we smash walls, demolish writer's blocks, and learn how to harness the true power of storytelling. Let's get it cracking. Robert Jeffrey II is a freelance writer with over 13 years of experience. He was chosen out of more than a thousand applicants to take part in the 2017 DC Comics Writers Workshop, where he was able to write and publish a Green Lantern John Stewart story. He also is the writer and creator of the Glyph award-winning comic book series, Route 3, and is the editor-in-chief of BlackSciFi.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Beyond the Fourth Wall of Writing podcast. I'm your host, John Robinson IV, and with me this time, I have Mr. Rob, Robert Jeffrey. Hey. <laughs> Unless you want to be introduced, Rob Jeffrey the second or Rob Jeffrey, however, however you want to go by. <laughs> uh, this is Rob Jeffrey, folks, um, writer of several things, uh, several indie books, also uh, DC Comics writer, uh, wrote a Green Lantern John Stewart story uh, for the DC Talent Showcase. Um, how did how did that? Uh, before we get into the rest of the, the writing yeah. portion, how did the, how did the talent uh, showcase happen? So after, I think, uh, in its second or third year, it might have been the second, I, um, I applied, you know, to, you know, join the, you know, DC, I think it's called the New Talent, New Talent Workshop, and they have one for writers and uh, artists. So the second time around, I, you know, reapplied and, and got in, you know, I, you know that it's I when people ask that question I <laughs> I wish I had a longer and more drawn out story like you know I I had to save up for the typewriter that I typed my script on and and then <laughs> in the end rode a mule through the rain and you know I don't know <laughs> no, it's like it was as simple as you know taking Route Three Volume One and I think Radio Free America. Um, submitted examples of my work along with like a letter or something I can't even remember and just submitted it you know second time around um, out of from what I was told it was like a thousand plus applicants I might like, maybe I'm wrong but you know it's DC Comics so mm-hmm. um, myself and five other writers were cho- chosen to you know learn you know writing comics at the DC Comics level you know underneath um, under the tutelage of um, Scott Snyder so Nice. Very nice. I mean, and, that, and that's, that's awesome stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, already with, with several books under your belt and then getting opportunity to, to, to work with DC um, and get a book published by them. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's awesome stuff right there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as, as you mentioned, um, he's written route three, uh, um, mind to avenge. I, I love that book. Uh, Radio Free America. He's got uh, the Crossing coming out soon. Uh, the Kickstarter for the Crossing just recently ended. And do you know? Do you know? Uh, do you have a time frame on when that book? Uh, we're looking. We're looking at an August release. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. we're going to August release. And, uh, you know, this might be dated, you know, when the episode comes out, but I just want to say thanks to everybody who supported us. You know, that was, um, especially with, you know, how, how things are going nowadays, mm-hmm. um, we we are very appreciative of the fact that people were willing to, you know, take a shot, you know, and help us get this first issue out. So, yeah, but, uh, so thanks, you know, and thanks to you, Matt. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for all of your help also. Oh, of course, of course, of course. So, yeah, I mean, as, as creators, like it's, it's, it still blows my mind every time. Um, you know, I, I put a book up and it gets, and it gets funded. I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow. It's like a lot of people, like it literally could not happen without, <laughs> without everybody up. And I'm sure Rob feels the same way. Like yeah, exactly. these books cannot happen without people wanting it to happen and then showing the support for it. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's that idea of, you know, put your money where your mouth is and, and, you know, well, people are talk to talk, but they don't walk the walk. No, no, people are definitely walking the walk when they put mm-hmm. their dollars down for a, for a project on, on Kickstarter or, or any other crowdfunding platform or, or just, or even just going to your online store and buying books, you know, um, whatever, whatever it is, you could, you, you could tell people, uh, they, they, they want, uh, quality work, new quality work. So, um, so yeah, in any case, uh, this episode, we want to go on in on a pretty, uh, important topic. Uh, one of, one of the big ones, and that is characters. Um, I'm, I'm sure, I will talk about characters more in the future, but I have not as of now talked about characters at all. <laughs> and, uh, and, and really honestly, I was, I was waiting to, to have a good discussion on it. And I think uh, Rob's a good person to have discussion on characters. Uh, he's a good person to have a discussion on characters with. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hit a, we'll hit a few uh, key things on characters uh, kind of, kind of the way we feel about how characters should be written, um, you know, and, and some, some do's and don'ts uh, or recommendations or whatnot. I, I think, I think where I want to start with is kind of though, uh, what, what, what do you think would be Rob, your, um, your example of a bad character? Let's start from that angle. So for me, it's somebody who's, you know, who has really no motivation. <laughs> that's, for me, that, that's kind of a huge thing for when I'm reading comics and, or writing, you know, comics. Um, mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's kind of you know, it's the number one, you know, thing for me because um, no matter who you are within the story, I feel that your motivation is kind of your driving, is your driving point. You know, whether it's like a, slice of like drama (laughs) or if it's something as like epic as like a space opera, you know, there's a reason why you're doing something within the story that's being told. Um, So if there's really no clear motivation or if there's really, I feel, you know, it's not a motivation at all. It's just, there's, for me, that's kind of a, it's, that's the first step with making a bad character. Um, The, and kind of secondly, I, I don't like characters that necessarily completely just fall into stereotypes. Um, yeah. Because that's, that is not, you know, that's not us, you know, as human beings or as even aliens, you know, <laughs> if you think about it, it's just like, um, you know, there's nothing for me. It's, it's not interesting to kind of see, you know, just a trope, you know, just a walking trope, <laughs> unless that 
you know, it's a comedy or like, it's a satire or, or something. Right, uh, right. Um, and within an industry, you know, sometimes, you know, entertainment, you know, in the, in, across, across the board with television, film, comics, and whatever, um, and especially with speculative fiction, uh, there are times where, you know, I would see a lot of folks who, you know, look like me <laughs> or from, you know, or of my persuasion. Right. <laughs> uh, who, who were always written just one note. And that was just very frustrating to me. Uh, so those are kind of two things that, as far as bad character, that stand out to me. I absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely understand what you mean. Um, I, I think as I watched movies growing up, before I ever thought about writing, before I knew how to accurately describe why a thing was good or bad, I think that at the end of the day, I, I, I realized that, you know, this, this character is kind of just there, <laughs> you know? Um, and if a character is just there, and again, I didn't know how to, how to describe it back then, but if I look at the character is just there, it's like, what's, what's the point? You know, what's, what's the thing that the audience is supposed to relate to? What are, what is the, what, what is the thing that they're going after? What's the, what's the end goal here? Are they just doing stuff right. or <laughs> is, there, is there something they're trying to get to? You know what I mean? Um, you know, it's kind of, Go ahead. No, 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 no. I no. Finish what you're going to say. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I mean that. I mean that's that's really that's really it. You know, like it just, I was just piggybacking off of what you said earlier. If you if you have if a character has nowhere where they're where they're trying to get to, then we have no journey to right. to travel along with them. And if we have no journey to travel on and, and no destination at the end of this journey, then then why are we on it? You know, now at, at some points, the journey, of course, is more uh, rewarding than the destination. You know, it's about the journey, not the destination sort of thing. But you you still need a destination, though. Or right. Or journey. <laughs> right. Well, it, it was what, the, the, you know, the example that kind of comes to mind, because we've, strangely enough, uh, this guy had been popping up in a couple of Facebook threads um, that, you know, was a part of is if there's a movie called um, Gangs of America, Gangs of New York, and Daniel Day-Lewis plays this character called Bill the Butcher. I hope I'm getting his name right, but Bill the Butcher, and he's a, he's a straight-up racist. <laughs> you know, so if you're, and if you're a, a student of history, um, there was this movement back in the day, you know, called the, you know, the nativist movement, and it was this, you know, this pull, and it's kind of what we're on right now. Like, you know, this is my country and, um, you know, we're natives <laughs> to this country. These are white men saying this. And Bill the Butcher is like the embodied, pure embodiment of that, um, of pushing back against the other, which is interesting because he's from a, you know, whatever. He, this wasn't his country to begin with, but you know what his motivation is. You know who this dude is, even though he's probably one of the most despicable people and, and, you know, at least in that cinematic universe or in that world. And there's no denying <laughs> who this dude is. And for that alone, like, he's always stood out to me as being a very, very well-written, um, though a little cartoony, but very well-written um, character or antagonist uh, within that, within film, within cinema. And he's scary, you know, that's the, that's another thing that you have to, you, you gotta, 
that's something that's just very effective to me. And he's, and he's not, like I say, he's not too far off the mark of people that you will see walking around nowadays at a Walmart. <laughs> I'm just being real. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so when you see, okay, when we talk about those, uh, the characters that have nowhere to go and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of no purpose or no goals or no motivations, like how do we, I mean, how do we enhance it? Do we just give them something, you know, um, do we just give them some somewhere to go, or or is there is there is there a little bit more than that? <laughs> um, yeah, you, you just give them a destination, and then that's cool. No, I, <laughs> I, I kind of, um, you know, my big thing is, you know, what is, you know, what is this character's like? We come, we keep coming back to this word motivation. Why are they here? Why do they exist? Is it just to kind of chill out, <laughs> you know, and just in that way, we're just looking at, you know, the life of a slacker. You know, like in something like, you know, I don't know, Days and Confused or Wayne's World, you know, or something like that. Uh, even right. they have, um, you know, that's kind of the biggest thing. I mean, it could be something, like I said, as minuscule as going to the corner store to get a you know, bottle of milk and what happens on that trip or, you know, whatever. Or, you know, like I said, going to save the cosmos, um, you know, using, you know, an example from something like, um, you know, Mind to Avenge. You know, Layla, the, the title character, uh, we find out that her motivation within the story is to stay as far away from the retribution cabal as, as possible. You know, because there is some deep-seated stuff there that, that, that has happened with her. Now, if I just wanted to write a typical, I mean, like a story of, well, she's a kick-ass woman and she just goes out and kicks ass, you know, that type of stuff. Like that's, <laughs> that's not interesting. There's no meat to that. There's nothing to kind of peel back there in the layers. And at least what that provides to me is, you know, what that gives me a chance to do is to provide a character to readers who is, has a little, you know, something, something going on, but you still get those kick-ass moments, you know, where she is, you know, you know, kicking butt and taking names. So it's kind of, I always feel that it's best to kind of have that type of balance, um, you know, rather than just having a kind of a static character. Right, right. No, I, I completely agree. Um, and, you, and you made me think about the, when you say, you know, someone going out there kicking butt, and then coming back, and um, but there, but there's still layers to pull back. That I like that mm-hmm. word, that layer, that, that yeah. word layers, like an onion. Maybe think of Shrek. No, <laughs> uh, but when you're talking about pulling back layers, that makes me think of the concept of what a complex character is versus just a one note kind of thing. Um, I think a one note character with the, I mean, so so I I think if we're if we're talking about layers, so one layer is give this character motivation, so where they want they want to go, and then give them uh, reasons behind why they want to go there. I mean, so that, that first layer being a, being a destination, a, a goal or whatnot, something that they're trying to do. And then you start to ask, well, why, you know, asking the questions, well, why are they like this? Why, why is she so good at kicking people's butt? You know, um, uh, why doesn't she kick a person's butt a certain way? Maybe she doesn't, um, you know, I'm not talking about Leia, Leia in, in general, but any character. Maybe they don't kill people. You know, why? Why don't they? Or maybe they yeah. do kill people yeah. in a very brutal fashion. Why are they like that? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and then you start to get into their backstory. Um, so, how, what, what are the ways you think that you can that you can help deepen the you know uh, enhance the complexity 
of a character like that? Well, you know, you can, once, I, I guess one way would be, and you're kind of mentioning this, like the whole idea of like nuances, you know, that's one way to build character. You know, there's, um, I guess a huge nuance being, like you said, somebody who kills versus somebody who doesn't, you know, there's, um, that could speak to a personality, you know, for, you know, for whoever you're writing, um, you know, another way to, I guess, peel back the layers is I trying to think one way is just to, you know, their interactions with other characters. There's a lot that you can, you know, learn about a, a, you know, a person, you know, with how they deal, you know, deal with people outside of themselves. Um, it says a lot. I always just say, go on Marta. <laughs> you can see, <laughs> yes, see this happens on a regular basis. I mean, it's just, um, it's kind of, you know, I, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I just got my BA. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't get a doctorate, but, you know, just being able to kind of study, you know, how people, you know, just, just deal with each other is, is kind of one way. And you can do that within the course of the story. Um, you know, the, you know, and that, that, you know, that'll continue to kind of peel back, you know, more layers and more layers. Um, you know, those are, those are kind of two, two ways that kind of jump out at me, um, in terms of, you know, just getting to the heart of, you know, what this character is all about. Right, right, right. And another, another word that I like when, when, um, I think about character is, is, well, either, either dichotomy or, or contradictions, um, when, when we're talking about uh, com- complexity of characters, uh, people contradict themselves a lot. And that doesn't mean that yesterday on the Internet I said that, you know, I hate so-and-so and then tomorrow I'm supporting so-and-so. I, I don't mean like that. I mean contradictions in that a character may see themselves in a certain way or want to be a certain way but their actions lead them to be something else. And even though they're trying, they're struggling with what they're trying and, and other characters notice it and may, and may point and may, may point it out. And then um, another thing that can also enhance character is introducing those kind of dichotomies um, and then having another character pointing out and then seeing how your character responds to that, you know, um, that's that's kind of a that's 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 kind of a thing. Religion is a good way to do that. I've noticed a lot in books. Um, I'll bring yeah. up I'll bring up Jeff Lemire for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you read Gideon Falls, but uh, Gideon Falls is a horror horror uh, comic. Uh, it's it's honestly very very heavily reliant on the art. You can tell that Jeff Lemire he's doing his writing, he's doing his thing, but you can tell he he, he told um, Andre to, to just go ham with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, but in there he has the main character, or one of the main characters, anyways, is a is a uh, priest or uh, you know like a Catholic priest, and um, he has he has clearly something that he wants to try to do. Um, he wants to try to bring hope, faith, whatever to people, and then there's still stuff that he struggles with. You know, I, I always find it, and even though it's kind of trophy, it's kind of a trope that's sort of like I always find it interesting when a when a when a priest or something in the book like curses <laughs> you know because it doesn't, it doesn't immediately make them a bad person you know what i mean but it, it does give you perspective of the storytelling right there it's right. like oh this is a person you know mm-hmm. he's not just the priest so he's supposed to be perfect right, right. um 
and the, and the priest is not a bad, like I said, this character is not a bad guy because mm-hmm. he cursed in the book, but it gives layers to the character. Um, so anyways, I'm rambling on about it. Do you have any examples of, uh, Robbie, have any examples of dichotomies you've seen in, in your own work or other, other work that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll, for, I'll, I'll begin with the shameless plug example. <laughs> um, you know, and something like a hey, Ralph Ray. So there's a character in there that we just call 316 and his, his, he's the guy, you know, chasing, uh, Sean, you know, for the, um, for the U S government. And there's this whole kind of duty, you know, to country, you know, that he, that we kind of see with this character and it pushes him to some points where he's willing to do, you know, some questionable ish, you know, some questionable stuff. And, you know, I have a member of that team, uh, Keenan, who kind of rightly so kind of pokes at that and just says, you know, this doesn't, you know, there's no justification for the things that you're doing, even if it's for, you know, I was about to say queen and country, that's British, um, for, <laughs> you know, for, for the U.S. And he's, he's kind of one of those guys that I don't really see as being a straight up like villain, uh, because when you start you know, when you dig into his past, you find out that, you know, he was one of those guys who saw 9-11 as being, you know, sort of like how, think of like how soldiers saw like Pearl Harbor being for the U.S. It was like a call to arms. Right, it right. Was something that, you know, he kind of got caught up in this patriotic, you know, what do you call it, fever. And at this point, like he, he feels he's doing the right thing, but it's, it. Like I say, it just call, it brings up some questionable tactics. I was going to try to use the Lollaries as an example, but I find them being very evil, <laughs> so it's hard to use. <laughs> um, but uh, three sixteen is probably like the one kind of complex. You know, he's he has that dichotomy. But as far as like popular culture or something that's more well known than Route Three, I uh, hope Route Three gets to the point of being as well known as Star Trek. <laughs> and one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite antagonists from the Star Trek universe is this uh, character called Gold Dukat uh, from mm. D Space Nine. And Gold Dukat, and I know people will always kind of refute this or push back on it, but he, to me, is the best antagonist that Star Trek has ever produced. Um, he is he's a guy that. Um, ordered the, you know, the mass roundups and roundup and murder of countless Bajoran, you know, you know, people. Um, he's, he was very self-serving uh, and he always, you know, like 316, you know, pushed it, you know, pushed this whole ideal of like, well, I'm doing it for my planet. I'm doing it for the Cardassians, uh, not the Kanye West Cardassians or Kim- <laughs> <laughs> the, the alien race. Go, go look it up. But there were times in that series where, you could see him maybe, you know, becoming, you know, acting as a little bit of the anti-hero. And, but it was always for this whole goal of like impressing people. <laughs> it was always like, you know, this is what I'm doing, but I want to, I want to make sure that people are cool with it. You know, if you, I mean, are you cool with me killing all these people? <laughs> you know, are you cool with me, you know, being, you know, helping the Federation in one, you know, respect. Um, but, it, it just always came back to this whole vibe of him being self-serving and it just playing this like twisted game of, 
you know, do you like me or do you not? And yeah, it just, it was, it was very, there were so many layers to this character that it just, you know, sometimes it might've been confusing to kind of, you know, see where his, you know, see where his um, loyalties lie or laid. But um, he's a, he's a really good example. I, f- I feel of, you know, a very complex character. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's the kind of thing I like that, that kind of, just contradicting who you are, whether or not you're aware of it. Um, I mean, and it works both ways. It works if you're aware and it works if you're, it works if you're not aware. Um, I will always bring up Killmonger and the Black Panther movie is a, is a good example. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the fact that there was so much outside the movie um, conversation about this character, Oh, I'm for Killmonger. I'm for, or I'm against Killmonger. At right. the end of the day, you're like, well, Killmonger still a villain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, oh, but he's, but he, but he, but he had a point though, and it's like, yes, he had, a, he had a point. That's what makes him a good character, you know. <laughs> doesn't mean, doesn't mean he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, you can even take that back to, um, you know, I always say X Men one, the relaunch with Claremont and Jim Lee, mm. and you know, Magneto has always been that dude where you understand his ideology. the The question is, is do you accept the lanes? to which he would go to push forth his ideology. That issue begins with him drowning a submarine full of sailors. Like uh, he straight, yeah. he straight kills, he kills them. There's no question about that. He wasn't holding hostages while twirling his mustache maniacally um, or you know, whatever. And from what I remember from that first issue was that he, he straight up murked an entire, uh, sub. Now his justification was this is a nuclear sub, <laughs> and they were, <laughs> they were packing weapons. And I don't, I don't know if, if I, I got to go back and read the issues, but I remember that part standing out as being like, okay, well, um, you know, I've never taken anybody's life, but <laughs> I understand, you know, you fighting on behalf of, you know, your folks, you know, your people who get treated time and time again like dirt. Um, so that he, that's one of those cases where, you know, do you condone murder, <laughs> uh, and how far, you know, how far with your support do you go with, right. you know, with this dude? So that's you know, another yeah, that, example. That, that brings us to another question I want to ask you, um, about, uh, character, like who, as far as character, the, the, the term or the concept mm-hmm. of character, what do you think makes a character what what defines a character like what defines a person like who that person is at the core of their soul like what defines who you know uh uh who the flash is or what defines who uh anakin skywalker is or or what defines who um i don't know agent k and men in black is <laughs> what yeah. defines what 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 is the thing that is there? What what, what what is it the thing that's at the core of their character? For me, it's it's experience. You know, that's that's a huge part of it. Um, there's so we're living in a let's just say we're we're doing, we're in this pandemic. We're in the middle of it, and personally speaking, I've never experienced anything like this. <laughs> so right. you might 
go to somebody who was much older, probably in their 80s or their 90s, and they were like, well, I experienced, you know, the depression. You know, I experienced, you know, having to deal with, um, you know, some other circumstance, which is kind of close to that, close to this. And so if you think about it, maybe that person is better prepared to deal with this stuff <laughs> than we than we are right now. Um, mm-hmm. And so going forward, you know, you and I, you know, will probably start, you know, telling people younger than us, um, like, you know, this is, you know, this is how we dealt with this and, you know, this will better help you. You know, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, you and I have dealt with throughout our lives, which have, you know, turned us into the men that we are now. And that's how I feel it, um, you know, for good or for bad. Um, and that's, that's the same mindset that I come to when it comes to creating these characters. Um, you know, in route three, a, one of the major, major defining, you know, moments in Sean's life is the depth of his mom. When she, you know, she's, um, you know, she, she was diagnosed with cancer and when the story opens, you know, she has passed away and it has thrown him into this month, like months long depression where, you know, it's kind of, it's shaken, it's shaken him, it's it's shaken or shooketh him, um, (laughs) to to the point where he won't, he won't even like clap back at his brother if his brother gets in his face and, or where he's just like, he, he doesn't, he doesn't feel like living life, you know, to like how he, how he, you know, how he had before. Um, and I can, you know, I can speak to that like now after the fact, you know, my father had passed away. My father passed away from cancer. This was after route three was, was like the first three issues have been done. So I, I had no idea, you know, that, um, you know, situation that I placed in this book was going to, you know, happen with somebody that I loved and respect it. And so that experience kind of, you know, that changed me, you know, so, you know, within the, within, and within round three, you know, we see Sean, Sean is this very reluctant hero. Like he is, is this, if you're, if you suffer a major trauma like that, and I can speak personally from experience, you're not ready to kind of get back on the horse. You're not ready to go out and like kick some ass and take some names and that's, and, and I think that's what we've become so accustomed to when it comes to telling these stories of a superhero. You know, Bruce Wayne's parents get killed in an alley, you know, um, bloody murder. And, you know, he falls down a cave and he's like, I'm about to fight crime. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, I would have been, <laughs> been that psychiatrist for like, many months after that. Now, maybe there's a story to be told with that, and maybe it has been, but the idea that we always get is that when these heroes are subjected to these, you know, horrible occurrences, you know, that's what defines them, you know, as far as their experiences, you know, some more believable than others. Um, You know, so I, that's kind of, that's where, that's where I see it. Experience is a big thing. Um, and with route three, I tried to subvert that <laughs> just a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I can't, I can't imagine having somebody straight murdered in front of me. and wanting to <laughs> just like, <laughs> let's kick ass the next day. <laughs> like, do, uh, do, do you think people's experience, uh, a character in a story, um, help, help define how they will react 
to stressful situations in the future. You know, um, you mentioned like, for example, the person going through the pandemic, maybe 82 now, Mm -hmm. um, you know, or is going to deal with it different than the way they will deal with it different than the way, uh, you know, younger siblings or kids to deal with it. Um, and, you know, we, we, we talk about in comic books or, or mm-hmm. novels, whatever, it was fantasy sci-fi stories, crazy stuff happens all the time. I mean, you get characters stuck, you know, in space running Ooh. from a space pirate or something, you know, yeah. and yeah. their ship is half blown up. You know, what, what does the person do in that situation? You know, I, I kind of, I kind of think of stressful situations, mm-hmm. uh, being something that can that can bring out uh, character. Yeah, I there's um, everybody's not going to react to the same thing. I mean, in the same way. And if within your story you have a, a motley crew of people, I, for me, it's not natural to have you know everybody acting like Captain Kirk on the ship. That doesn't make sense to me, right? Because everybody's experience is going to be different. Um, now, and, and, and it doesn't, for me, it's not, it's not interesting. You know, one of the examples that I gave, you know, as far as with, you know, we were talking about characters was Deep Space Nine. Um, every character situation or experience in that, within that story was completely different. You had Kira Norris, who was um, Captain Benjamin Sisko's second in command. And for all intents and purposes, she was a terrorist. You know, she was a freedom fighter. You know, mm-hmm. so the way that she was looking at these situations play out, we're going to be completely different than somebody like, you know, Captain Cisco. Yeah, you know, Captain Cisco was, you know, Federation true and true. You know, until those last few seasons where they had the Dominion War and there were some questionable things that you found, you know, you wound up seeing him do. Um, but his experiences were di- totally different than his second in command. Then you had Odo, who's a constable, who was the, you know, he was a lawman. So he's looking at it from the perspective of, you know, I'm just trying to enforce the law. You know, there's no black, there's no gray. It's just black and white. Um, <laughs> and then you, so, you know, there, that's one of those, that's a, that's a, that's a really good example of where uh, the writers fleshed out these characters enough that you have these various different experiences where it defined how they how they propelled the plot or the story um you know with every episode and and i always tell people that if you want to you know see something with a motley crew of folks or a cast um you know check you know check out these space nine you know i i love firefly but if everybody on that ship can quip that's um (laughs) <laughs> that's kind of like not believable to me, you know, <laughs> right. like, you know, I mean, but that's, let's see, that's the, that's the style in which, which Joss Whedon would write. Everybody had a quip. Everybody could have a, even like the most dorky even or the most evil person on there could tell a joke, you know, but when you're looking at something where you want a true representation of how people, how characters will act and they see the situation, they're all a part of the same situation, yet they look at it all differently. I think that, and they react differently. I think that's a really good example of um, how to write good character. Yeah, yeah. You've got, you've got like cool, you know, um, you got like, like characteristics and whatnot of, of like, like you mentioned the quips. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, 
I mean, you, you mentioned Deep Space Nine and then and then Firefly, and I'm thinking about uh, Star Lord and his crew on uh, Guardians. You know, um, the, the movies or the comics. You know, you got you got Star Lord who's always joking about everything, and Gamora mm-hmm. who almost never jokes about anything. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking about movie Drax, who is trying to joke and failing at it, uh, <laughs> and then aliens like Rocket who who just don't like are, are, are genuinely don't understand what, you know, sarcasm, <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> so stuff yeah. like that makes, you know, that's, it's, it makes it funny, makes it interesting, you know? Right. Uh, and of course characters develop like somewhat, and even though, even though this is a small level of development, you know, this is not like a super important, but you know, you, you get Gamora later on who, who tries her hand at a joke, you know what I mean? Or, it kind of laughs a little bit. It kind of loosens up, you know, mm-hmm. versus the, how she was when she first came out, like ready to kill anybody who, you know, was in six feet of her social distancing distance, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, you've got, you know, yeah. you've got, you've got those, those traits, uh, uh, they can, they can help, help really define characters. And if, you, if you, maybe if you have a, maybe if you're writing a story, uh, you've got characters who, are too similar and you, you can't really differentiate between them um, in, in, in a single dialogue back and forth conversation. Um, well, you may want to like re- reevaluate like what kind of character uh, this is or, or, or what are the things that make this character different? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, that, and that's talking mainly about just characteristics. I mean, we talked about like the core of who, of who somebody is that could be based on their experience. And, and in some cases, based on just who they are. There is the, the conversation, the, the age-old uh, psychological concept of nature versus nurture. You know, um, uh, yeah, Kingpin uh, was raised in a, in, a, in, a, in a rough household with a dad who's kind of trashy because, he's, because he wants to, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever the situation is. But right. was there something before that that made, you know, that maybe, you know, I, 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 you know if I was raised in a, in, a, in a situation like that, I'm not sure that I would grow up to kill people. I mean. Right. <laughs> <know>? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's never just one thing. You know, I, I think that we're, we're kind of the sum of a lot of different you know, a variety of things, you know, that happen to us through life. And I think that when it comes to writing or when it comes to creating, you know, these characters, you know, who people are going to connect with, um, I think that comes into play, you know, that, that has to come into play. Um, otherwise, like I said, your character is one note. And, you know, there was, there's definitely a time for that. Yeah. You know, I think back when, you know, back in the day when they were doing the hard boil novels and you had, you know, um, you know, things where you have the gumshoe, you know, the hard as nails gumshoe and, you know, they had to go out and solve these crimes and deal with the quote unquote dames and all that. And there wasn't much to that as far as character, <laughs> you know, there's, it's just, it, that's what I mean when you say one note. So it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, but I, I find that, my interest is more piqued when there's a complexity to what these these characters are going through. You know, one example that con- contrast, let's say, you know, the example of like the hardest, you know, you know, gumshoe is something like Devil in a Blue Dress, you know, with, mm-hmm. 
Denzel Washington, at least the movie, and then and then you have the novel by Walter Mosley. But I'm thinking more of the movie where, you know, this is a story about the hard as nails, you know, kind of gumshoe, a guy who actually didn't really set out to become a private eye. It was kind of placed in his lap. Um, and then also, but this is a black man in 1930s or 40s Los Angeles having to navigate you know, the world of a racist country, you know, which right. hate, which hates them. So that brings more complexity, I feel, in terms of telling the story. You know, this is, you have to look at it now as a perspective of a black man in America trying to do anything that normally a white male protagonist, let's say white male hetero protagonist, doesn't have to deal with. You know, these are character defining traits and these are just traits that he's born with. He's a black man. <laughs> he's a black man in America at that time, but just a black person um, who's, and also the, he's the sum of his experiences. You know, um, all easy wants to do is just garden his grass, you know, his, his front lawn. <laughs> and these cops keep, excuse the language, they keep, can I curse <laughs> on this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, they keep fucking with them. <laughs> they keep <laughs> and then you get this case of like, you know, so that's a good example, I think, of a more complex character in the same genre, you know, a of the of the hard boiled detective novel, or at least in this case, you know, hard boiled detective film, you know, uh Raymond Chandler versus Walter Mosley. And and I think that 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 genre is all the better because you're adding these, you're adding much more to to the characters that you're in these complex characters that you often didn't see, you know, back in the early days when those types of stories were being written. And we know comics <laughs> is the same way, right? You right. know, it's um, it would be a totally different story if Superman had been a black man back in the '30s or '40s. You know, and that story has been told. You know, like everybody's experiences are, it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I mean, that's, that's why um, uh, the, the conversation of culture is relevant everywhere. Oh, my mm -hmm. goodness. Um, when you just put that, that cultural spin on it, you know, yeah. um, and, 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 it, and it'd be clear. I know, I know, um, you know, people are always like, well, you know, a character doesn't have to be black or whatever. But to be clear, I'm not saying share a character black. Mm -hmm. I'm saying just try anything different than the default. You know, what happens right. if that character is from India? You know, like right. what happens if that character, you know, is, is from, you know, I don't know, was, was trapped in a, in a jail in the, in Iraq, you know, what if, what if that character was a soldier? Like just something, a different culture uh, mm -hmm. helps to create better characters because now, like we said, the, the experiences are different. Frank Castle in a, in a particular situation is going to be different from, uh, you know, a non-military guy that's off the street. You know, and I bring up Frank only because, you know, military is, is a form of culture, you know, the same that hip hop is a, is a form of culture. The, you know, the, you know, uh, somebody, you know, a black guy who's, who's, who's raised on a, on the South side of, Atlanta or Chicago or something like that is going to respond to situations different from somebody who was raised in the suburbs their whole life, <laughs> you know? Uh, right. and it's just, it's just reality. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's why it's important to introduce other experiences than just your typical, well, I guess this character is going to be a white guy again, who's from, you know, a normal 
background, <laughs> you know, whatever normal is, you know. Uh, and again, there's nothing wrong with white characters, uh, but it, but it's but it's nice to give a uh, to, to to look at other experiences and see how they can influence that character and the story that they're in. Um, well, I mean, what are your thoughts I on mean that? yeah, I mean, like, I even, you know, using the example of Route 3, um, the way that 316 and Keenan are looking at the situation are completely different. And guess what? They're both black. <laughs> so, <Right>. yeah. <laughs> you know, so they're... All so black aren't the same, guys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's the thing that I think people need to understand is that, you know, even within... You know, with, with us, you know, I, I don't know, because, you know, there'll be a picture, but I'm a black man from South Side of Chicago. Um, you know, it just, um, all of our experiences are not necessarily the same, you know. Um, and within, like I said, even within, like, Mind to Avenge, you know, we're so far flung into the future, um, you know, do the same question, actually, no, the same questions of race do pop up because we're dealing with racist, um, homicidal maniacs anyways with the Lollaries. But, right. <laughs> you know, even within, even within this, the retribution cabal, which is just, you know, black, you know, black people, you know, the way Layla handles the situation or what she thinks about the retribution cabal is not necessarily the same as what, um, Travis and uh, Panya, you know, Panya think of the retribution cabal. She thinks right. that they are brainwashed fanatics and they're looking at her, or at least Travis as like a spoiled brat who quote unquote wanted to find herself on some like eat, pray, love type of shit. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, so that's the thing, but all these people are black, you know, between, between route three, three sixteen, and Keenan, and, you know, the three people I mentioned for mine to avenge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I remember there, there was even a movie um, called, um, I cannot remember. It was the first thing that I saw Jennifer, the lady from um, the hunger games. And she, yeah. she was, from Apple, from she was from the Appalachian you know, mountain community, and something that happened with her dad. She it was like a murder mystery, or she was find, trying to find her. So they showed her experience of living, you know, in basically in the sticks, you know, the far sticks, and it was a rough life. I mean, it was it was crazy, you know, and but I didn't turn it off because I was like, she don't speak to my experience. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was just right. like. You know, I don't, you don't, if you shut yourself down like that, you're missing out on a lot as, especially as a writer, you know, there, there are so many stories that you can tell um, when you just dig deep into what is not necessarily surrounding you. Right, right. You gotta, you gotta look into other, what are other people going, I mean, honestly, that's the interesting part of writing, you know, what are are other people going through, you know, what are other people doing, you know? and, and, and culture is not just race, you know, mm-hmm. culture is everything. So, I mean, to the point that Rob was making, all of those characters are black and they all have different mindsets, you know, um, based, based on their experiences, based on where they're probably, uh, where they're from, even though that's a futuristic story, you know, there's different things that they deal with based on where they're from, you know, um, I, I just really, I really like, I really like a character responding in a certain way and then growing usually through the experiences that are in the book from one thing to another is of reading recently reading Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson and yep. the yeah. the main character in the first uh, 
there's two uh, trilogies. The main character in the first trilogy is Vin. Vin. She starts off as a yep. bum, you know, yep. literally a bum slash slave. They're called Ska on the street. Yeah. And, um, and just the fact that her ideology about the way the world looks around her, you know what I mean? Uh, is so skewed from like the next character. She's so jumpy. She doesn't mm-hmm. trust anybody. She yep. tries to make herself look as small as possible in any situation. So nobody will come bother her, you know, um, because you know, she, she's never, uh, I already mentioned she's not allowed to trust anybody. That's like, that's like her strongest character point, right? <laughs> she, uh, she doesn't trust anybody because her brother told her growing up that some mm-hmm. people will always betray you, you know? Yep. And, and, and that's how you survive is by not trusting people. You know, um, making sure that you get yours and and whatever. And then she, when she when she gets introduced to people who are a team and then basically a family who love each other, it's foreign to her. You know, mm-hmm. and that's such a great you know. And, and the story is not about that at all. It's just you know, that's just that's just her, right? But it's such a great uh, situation uh, for for a character to be in, and it's based on even though you know, I mean, you can call homeless life a culture, but you know, she was that's the kind of life she was living, like kind of a hobo life. Yeah, uh, slave life, you know, and yeah, then it's just straight up white character. You know, it's a, the, I mean, the book's in a whole different world. That doesn't really matter. What matters there is the culture and where she's from. As it pertains to our world, there's two things that culturally matter. Our world, we're from different places, you know, uh, and we and we all have different experiences and experiences different things and different skins in different situations. Uh, that's one aspect. The other aspect, if we're talking about a fantasy or a future world, is mm-hmm. simply just seeing seeing not the same thing. On, right. on, on the, in, a, in a book, on the page, or on the screen, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's 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 what that comes down to. And, and the interesting thing about having a character like Vin in Mistborn, it's a book, and there's art of her. You know, I don't Mistborn has. I don't think that's a show. I, I don't think it is. Uh, <laughs> if it is, inform me. But um, but the, the, the funny <laughs> thing about that is that that character Vin and Kelsier and all the other characters in that book, um, they can be any race. You know. <laughs> that's the don't, other funny don't, thing don't say that <laughs> I mean, <it's> <laughs> no don't, you know because they you know certain I, i'm so you know i i love miss <laughs> born i right. i love miss born and that was one of the things that always stood out to me is that their race isn't assigned in that book right so exactly. outside of like cover art you know right. there's there's nothing in there <laughs> so but well, the only but, thing but, is that kills here is blonde i think that's the that's the that's the closest we get to it <laughs> so you remember cisco no let me stop right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that's but you know that's what we mean about uh, you know when we, we, we come down to, to, to character and and their experiences and and who they are and, and culture whether that culture is it's just the way you were raised or or, or what you know or, or or whatnot you know what i mean um it's just so much it's just so so boring to to just to just have your default okay well this character automatically of course he's this kind of character right of course, first of all of course it's a he <laughs> and the second of all of course he's white mm-hmm. of course he's from you know some normal neighborhood in some normal town and then you're already you're already limiting yourself just by doing that yeah yeah <laughs> i mean and like i said i always say if you want to read that then you know, just move on. I don't, <laughs> I don't have that. <laughs> like I don't, any of the writers that I follow, any of the writers that I can, I'm happy to call like fellow creators, like, you know, like yourself. Um, we don't do that. And I think, you know, those days are gone for like the most of us because there's a level of, 
realness, you know, or complexity or whatever that, you know, people want to see when they are kind of experiencing these stories, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think we hit on a a, a lot of major points. Um, uh, We we talked a lot about character uh, development. Um, I mean, there's so, there's so much, like I said, there's probably gonna be future episodes about character. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe bring Rob back on to talk about some stuff uh, in the future. Uh, Cause there's just so much uh, when, when it, when it, when it comes to, to defining characters, but um, but really at the end of the day, your, your characters need goals. Uh, they need to be defined by their experiences. So you need to know their experiences. Um, some some of them are stuff you write in the backstory. Some of them are things that you may figure out as you go. I, I I've learned at least me personally when I'm writing characters that I learn about characters. I, I learned I I get to know my characters better as I write. <laughs> right. You know, uh, I don't know if it's the same for you, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's um, that that happens, uh, but also I always try my best to, you know, as much as you try your best to, you know, pack as much information away, you know, during the outlining or let's say story bible stage or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, when you're writing, there's a good chance that it, you're you might find your character doing something differently than you know, than what you've established before. Um, and only, you know, you and your editor can figure out at that point if that's, you know, if that's going to be in service to the story or if that's like completely contradicting a lot of stuff, you know, that's come before and it's just kind of going to mess it up. But um, yeah, I can, I, I can definitely see that. Yeah. I, I can see that happening. Right. Absolutely. Um. So real quick, let's, let's go ahead and we're going to go ahead and try to uh, wrap it up. Where yeah. it's, it's about that time. Um, wanna, I want to see if we can get, um, if we can tell people where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I always, you know, I have a website. It's um, robertkjeffrey.com. Uh, it's robertkjeffrey.com. On Facebook, I am, it's actually just Robert Jeffrey, <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Jeffrey. So just do like a search for Robert, uh, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. And I'm the one with all the comic book stuff, you know, around me. <laughs> and um, Instagram is Robert K. Jeffrey. That's uh, Robert K. Jeffrey. And uh, Twitter, because apparently I don't know how to use Twitter, is S-Y-N-C-H-R-K-J. So it's Sync R-K-J. Uh, that was back in the day when I was naming my um, screen names after superheroes that I loved. <laughs> so <laughs> that was like professional writing. What? Anyways, but yeah. Um, but the main, so, you know, main source for it all would be robertkjeffrey.com. And that'll actually link you to all my social media handles. Awesome. And, um, you know, you guys can find me on Twitter at fourth wall, also on Instagram at fourth wall or scarrots. Probably you probably can find me as, as fourth wall on Instagram as well. Um, you can find me also at fourthwall.net or look up the podcast on any major podcasting, uh, site or app such as iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google, etc. Um, at beyond the fourth wall of writing, or you could probably just look up beyond the fourth wall. Remember, fourth is with an I V W A L L. 
Um, and yeah, I think, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, thanks Rob for coming on and chatting with me about character, uh, talking about your books and, and, and your approaches to writing. Thank you, man. Like I said, thanks. I'm, I'm a fan. So, you know, to have a chance to come on here is pretty awesome, but thank you. And I hope I gave some good information. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Appreciate All right. you. I'll catch you next time.